So, hey, man, I was driving the other day, mm-hmm. and I saw this bumper sticker. And I, and I thought of you, and I wish I had seen this before <laughs> we did this episode. But it said, uh, uh, meddle not in the affairs of dragons, for you are crunchy and good with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Maybe great. we can go back and edit that into the That's dragons right. episode. <laughs> But on that note, let's get into it. Let's go. Three, two. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable, because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) Ah, We're coming in hot tonight. Wow, that music was hot. (laughs) Holy cow. My ears are bleeding. I take full responsibility for that because as soon as that kicked in, I looked over here and I did not set the volume right. So that's my bad. And uh, (laughs) if we're screaming now, it's because we literally can't hear anything after that. (laughs) That was the loudest that's ever been. What? Exactly. (laughs) There's going to be this hum for the whole episode. So guess what, guys? Tomorrow is our live event. Dun, 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 we're here. Yes, we finally made it. We've been we've been beating you to death with it. Right. So and now it's here. You won't have to hear this anymore, we promise. Un- right. until, until the, the next, next one. one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking forward to seeing all of you who have got tickets there tomorrow. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a good time. Um so make sure you show up and have you some coffee, get some death wish coffee in you. That way you're raring to go. Yep. And I've got a, an absolute plug that I have no affiliation with. I have not talked to these people. They do not know it. They didn't ask for it, but I'm going to say it to promote our event. As I've said, Nashville has some of the best haunted houses in the country. And if everything you read on the internet, you believe. I do. (laughs) The the Nashville Nightmare was rated the number one haunted house in the U.S. Yep. And it's right here in Nashville. So, if that's your gig, make it a night. Come out, hang out with us at Hale Dark Aesthetics in Nashville. Go hit the Nashville Nightmare. You know, make it uh, your, big, your big push uh, before yeah. Halloween. You won't sleep for a week. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know. There's like I said, there's all kinds of stuff to do in Nashville. Come on down and spend a little time with us and hang out in our fair city. Exactly. So after the live event, what we're going to do is we're going to be putting up some stuff on Patreon for our patrons. So it'll be some some stuff that we did or have from the live event. Um, Be sure to go over and check out our website, graveyardpodcast.com. We're going to put up a few pics there from the live event so you can see what you missed or maybe you can see your pretty self on our website. Um, And now uh, something that's a little near and dear to my heart. Uh, Some of y'all may know that a few years back, I used to guitar tech for a metal band, uh, Voodoo Prophet. And, you know, did that for a while. It was a blast. 
um, great guys, great musicians, and they're coming out with some new music. And they have a new single available. Uh, you can pick it up on Spotify, all that. Um, but it's a cover of the Immigrant Song. And if you didn't think that could be metal, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Anything could be metal That's if true. you sing it right. But that that is that song is perfect for metal vocals yeah. and metal riffs. What and if they do uh, like Amazing Grace? Just just to show. We can make anything metal. They probably could. <laughs> Those guys could do it. Um, but and I heard a metal version of that Hit Me Baby One More Time, the Britney Spears song. That's a shame. Back, back when they did the uh, the old rock star show. You remember that? Yeah. 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 Hit me baby one more time. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, turn that, that song into something that was actually worth listening to. Yeah. Well. The the immigrant song that they did, it's a killer version of it, and we liked it so much that this week it is our outro. Yeah. So be sure to stick around, check it out. If you like them, you can find them on Facebook. Just search Voodoo Prophet on Facebook, or check them out on Spotify. They're on Spotify. So when you're done listening to our episode on Spotify, just click right over and check them out and. Spotify is not a sponsor. I just got to throw that out there since Matt right. threw out a not a sponsor. So, That's right. That's right. Um, but so like we said, check it out at the end of the episode. If you like it, go pick it up. Now, Matt, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the episode. Prepare to confiscate the human's possessions. Possession secured. Prepare the probe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a hot second. No need for a probe, man. Why are you doing this anyway? To learn from your account. And to obtain your container of treasures. Container of treasures? Oh, you mean my cryptid crate? Yes, the cryptid crate you possess. We desire it. We have discovered it to be populated with many objects we find most incredible. Correct. The objects in this container cannot be produced on our home planet. Well, you don't have to abduct people to get your own cryptid crate. Elaborate. Just go to cryptidcrate.com and sign up. On the first of each month, a new box filled with amazing cryptozoology-themed items will come to your mailbox, or spaceship. Allow us to show appreciation to you, human, for this invaluable information. Yeah, sure thing. Does this mean you're going to take me back to Earth? <laughs> Not exactly. All right, Matt, so we're back at it here. What are we talking about tonight? Okay, tonight we're going to be talking about a place out in Arizona that's known as the Stardust Ranch. Mm-hmm. And some of you guys may have heard of this place. Um, it's weird. It really is. I mean, it's weird. And the guy that owns it is kind of weird. Um, you just, you're just going to have to hear this these stories to make up your own mind. I, I still don't know. In fact, it kind of pisses me off, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> the more I read and the more I watched, I was like, good night. Why? Why can't I just say this is a crock? Right. But. Well, and we're going to let you decide. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is that, you know, even after all this research, 
you can't come up with a definitive one way or the other on this thing. I know. I know. It's and, weird, but we're going to get into this. And I think if if you've not heard of this place before, you're going to be shocked. Number one, you're going to be shocked that all this is going on. Number two, you're going to be shocked that you hadn't heard of this exactly. already. Um, but it's it's not. I mean, it's it. There's not that much information out there about it. I mean, other really, other no. than what the owner has has talked about. So well, let's get into it. So as of this recording, okay, the property that sits at fourteen seven hundred South. Tut Hill Road in Buckeye, Arizona, also known as the Stardust Ranch, is for sale for just over $1.4 million. Hmm. Now, that's a lot of money, but that's a big cut from uh, the last asking price of $5 million that owner John Edmonds wanted when he listed the house in October of 2017. But hey, you know, what is the real market value for a home that comes with not one, but two alien portals? Probably 1.4 million. Yeah. You think you're interested in buying this place? Well, you might want to reconsider after you hear some of the wild stories that have come out of the Stardust Ranch over the last 21 years. So not only does owner John Edmonds claim that he has killed as many as 19 gray aliens, He has experienced UFO sightings, animal mutilations, mysterious Brillo people, ancient time travelers, attempted alien abductions, and so much more. That's right. Now, his whole story, I mean, it it started from day one of moving into this place. Um, Because the first day that they were moving into this place, John said they they walked in and they found all of their all of the previous owners stuff still in the house. Yeah, furniture and right, furniture everything still in the house. And so he calls up the realtor and he said, "Man, all this was supposed to be gone." And the realtor was like, "Okay, well, you know, just give us about an hour or two. I'm going to contact the owner." you know, the previous owner, have them come out and get it. And then you can start moving in. And he said, okay. So they come back an hour or so later and all of the stuff is an hour. Yeah. All of the stuff is stacked in the pool, in the pool. It is stacked up in the pool. It's sticking four feet out of the pool. Yeah. Stacked up in the pool. Right. So (laughs) can you do that in an hour? Yeah. So John, calls the realtor and he's like man what is this crap he goes all of the stuff is in the pool and he goes man i don't know the the previous owner showed up to get their stuff and it was already in the pool and they said you know what we don't want it so just take it out of the pool and get rid of it you know that it's just they're done they're gone yeah he said he put it on the street yep people just came by and got it. put it on the street and he said it wasn't you know, it, it was gone before the day, you know, before the day yeah. was up. Um, Here's this uh, chair that's been in the pool. <laughs> right. So, you know, that weekend went by and they were moving all of that stuff out of the pool and kind of getting their stuff in. Well, the following Monday, John's wife had gone to work and John's there at the house and he sees this man who kind of looks scruffy, kind of like he could be homeless 
and he's walking down the driveway. Now, John said, you know, this is, they're on like, what is it, 10 acres there, and they've got multiple acre fields out to the side of them, so they're the only house right around there. There's nobody else around. So this is middle of the day, and you've got this guy that kind of looks homeless that's walking up his driveway, and he notices that the dude is carrying a machete with him. So, well, hey. <laughs> yeah. So John, you know, he said he's worked with, you know, veterans that have been down on their luck and all yeah. that. He's been a counselor. Yeah. He's, um, a, he's a psychotherapist. Right. So he's like, you know, he has a way of dealing with that kind of person. So he goes out to confront the guy and he approaches the guy and he's like, what, what are you doing, sir? And the guy's like, I live here. And John's like, I'm sorry, you don't. Um, I just bought the property. I I own it. And the guy was like, well, you may live here, but you don't own the property. There's other people that own it. And John's like, well, whatever, man. He goes, you, you know, I'm here now and you need to leave because this is my property. And the guy looks at him and he goes, you see that building behind you? And John's like, yeah, that's where we're going to put our cat room. And the guy's like, no. He goes, I live there. All my stuff's there. And John said, well, you need to get your stuff and leave. And the man takes a second and he looks at him and he said, well, who's going to keep the monsters away? I'm the guy who keeps the monsters away. And John's kind of taken aback. And he's like, um, as, as you should be. Right. And, and you know, machete wielding guy looking at you and saying he I, keeps hey, the monsters away. If, you know, if there's anything that carrying a machete around says, it's, I mean, business. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I carry two. Um, so John, he says, well, you know, man, I haven't seen any monsters. And the man goes, oh, they're here. And John was like, well, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm armed. I, you know, I can take care of the monsters. Please just get your stuff and leave. And the guy's like, ah, it's just junk. I don't care. So he turns around and he starts walking away and he starts laughing and he hollers back at John. He says, you're going to be really, really sorry when I'm gone. I'm the only one who can take care of the monsters. And he walks off and John has never seen him again. <laughs> Which is exactly what you want to hear when you buy a new home. Yeah, right? that that's like your first experience <laughs> in a new home. This is like and worst home buying experience ever. Yeah, you've got a guy that just told you there's monsters that live on the property. Yeah. You don't own the property even though you live there, and he's the only one that can protect the property from these monsters. So that's really not a way to start, you know, start yeah. your new life bad deal right and he's not he's not even been there but a few days right so so a few days he's been there and so john says that shortly after they got all moved in and settled they began to see these strange lights out in the desert now john and his wife joyce they thought they're flashlights there's people out there you know in the desert camping or hiking or whatever which doing that at night's kind of dumb but anyway it was his property, and he wanted to see what was going on. So they went out there, and as they got closer, they realized that it wasn't flashlights, that it was these orbs that were that were glowing. 
And he said some of them were about the size of basketballs. Now, as they got closer to these orbs, they kind of zipped away, you know, either out across the land or some of them shot straight up into the sky. Um, and, and, you know, John had said, you know, the, beside the orbs, they had seen other lights up in the sky and they were, they call these things, they see the, the UFO wings. Mm-hmm. They said they see the wings of a UFO. So these are, you know, lights that are kind of, kind of shaped. And I guess from the ground up, you know, it looks like what lights on an airplane might look like, but different, right. and not an airplane. Right. And they actually, uh, you can see pictures of some of these lights on the website um, and all that. And But he sent a, a photo to go get analyzed that he had taken of these lights. Now, they said that by looking at the heat signature and stuff that was coming off the lights and the pattern and everything from it, that these were almost a dead resemblance to the Phoenix lights. And if you don't know what the Phoenix lights are, don't worry, Matt, and I will do an episode on those. But this was six months prior to the Phoenix lights. The Phoenix lights happened in March of 97. Mm -hmm. So this was in 1996 Mm -hmm. when he took this picture. Um, When he had them sent off to be analyzed, it was in the 2000s when we had that technology. There was one day one of John's dogs ran away and he said it was a stray and it, uh, you know, it would do that from time to time, but he decided to go look for it. And so he got in his Jeep and he drove and he got to the edge of this cliff. And when he got there, he got out of his Jeep and he went and looked over the edge of this cliff and he saw that string of lights, like the, the wing that Matt mentioned. And he said he was looking at it. And it started raising up out of that little clearing. And he thought to himself, I've got to get this on video. I have got to get my camera and get this on video. He said, so I turned to go get my video camera. And I blacked out. He goes, I don't remember anything. But when I come to, I'm standing with my video camera in my hand facing the the ravine area there where it was. And I'm holding the camera, but I don't remember anything. And two hours had elapsed from that time. And he said on the video camera, looking back at it, it's just static. So he had a blackout experience due to one of these Phoenix lights type craft. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, just to, to act, you've got the camera now in your hand, so you had to have done something. Yeah. But you don't remember anything for two hours and the camera doesn't show. And you just wake up. Yeah. You just come back too. that sounds like a wild night of drinking more than anything. (laughs) Yeah. Just wake up in the desert with a video camera. (laughs) Yeah. Don't know what happened to you. The hangover four. You're kind (laughs) of sore. Figure out what I did. Yeah. So things, you know, things are getting stranger for, uh, for the Edmondses, but uh, they're going to get even worse. So the Edmondses use Stardust Ranch for their horse and canine rescue operation. So if the strange lights didn't have them on high alert, finding several of their horses mutilated with their eyes and tongues removed certainly did. 
Yeah. And researchers who visited the ranch after this incident claimed that the horse's death wasn't consistent with a predatory animal or a scavenger. Okay. But it even it even got more strange. So both John and Joy started seeing beings late at night following the sightings of the orbs. So they claim that what they see is typically described as what we understand to be a gray alien. Right. Okay. So that that classic close encounters, you know, communion by Whitley Stryber, mm-hmm. all this for all these years, people have described these aliens. And so now when it's in your head, you hear alien, this this is what you look like. Yep. This this is what an alien looks like. Yep. You know, the big the big head, the eyes and all that looks like a grape on some toothpicks yeah so he describes him as being about three feet tall with large heads and bulging eyes and skinny limbs okay so that's that's pretty consistent with that Mm -hmm. now that's not the only kind of things he's seen he describes that one night they were looking out of the back of the sun porch and they saw these human shaped things mm-hmm. um walking around out in the desert and he said it was very strange because they were very human looking but he said you know you get those little those dust devils those uh, mm-hmm. like the little miniature tornadoes that will go through the desert when yeah. the wind's whipping through now those little suckers you know they can get to going pretty fast you know about 40 50 miles an hour mm-hmm. and he said these Dust devils were just blowing right through them, and it didn't even phase them. And so wow. they're just kind of out there walking around. And he said, as he looked, he said they they didn't look all the way solid. Mm-hmm. He describes them as what you would, if you ever look at a Brillo pad, okay, so that's what he describes them as. So a, a Brillo pad is is solid, but not. Yeah, it's you know, like woven metal. Right. So if you can imagine um, a human shape made out of a Brillo pad, mm-hmm. that's what John describes that he saw you right. know, that night out walking around. And, of course, the wind is blowing right through them, and it's not affecting them at all. Yeah. Of course, you know, bullets and everything went right through them, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, John had pretty much decided that it's time to... Uh, to take up arms against what's right. attacking my ranch. Well, and you you mentioned the the dust devils. Uh, I've actually had an experience with a one of those dust devils back home. Um, I was a little in my little Ford Ranger truck, and I was sitting at a stoplight at this major street. And I kid you not, one I looked over to my right, and one was kind of coming down the road. And so I was like, "Well, crap! What do I do?" You know. So I just sat there. I put my truck in park and sat there. As it went over, it was rocking my pickup from side to side real violently mm-hmm. as it went over, and it just kind of kept going on down the thing. So if it'll rock a pickup, it should do something. Yeah, it could knock to, a person uh, down. Yeah, it should do something to a human-sized yeah. thing. But all of these uh, these beings, that gray aliens especially, seem to be drawn to Joyce, um, who had been harassed on a number of occasions um, during which time 
she's unable to move or scream. So kind of like sleep paralysis. Right. So they have woken up to puncture-like wounds on their skin with blood as if syringes were used on them during the night. And many times they'll have large bruises on their inner thighs, abdomen, and chest. Um, there's also times where they they lose time, where they can't account for the last few hours. Mm-hmm. And that's they, they fear that they have been abducted right. at that point. That that would be a fair assessment. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, if you if you read any other accounts of you know alien abduction, that that's consistent. Mm-hmm. So, but one time, John and Joyce were awoken to find that three rescue Rottweilers were barking and then attacking one of these alien creatures. Now, the creature retreated, and the dogs were called back, and they were unharmed. However. Just a few days later, they just dropped dead. So something they came in contact attacking with this alien, you know, killed these dogs. Mm -hmm. Now, over time, the visits increased and the attacks attacks were getting more and more invasive. So that's when John said, like I said, it's time to uh, take up arms and, uh, and try to protect myself and my wife. So he went out and he bought knives handguns, shotguns, assault rifles, and swords. So remember that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, like we said before, on several occasions, he shot at the creatures and he kept them at bay, but the bullets really didn't seem to kill them. It may just slow them down. But in one hand-to-hand encounter, John took a samurai sword and pierced the creature. But it seemed to vanish mm-hmm. right after he stabbed it, but it left something behind. So, Adam, talk to us about what it left behind. All right. So, it ended up leaving behind some tissue and fluid samples that he was able to get analyzed. Fluids. Um, body <laughs> fluids. Um, and so, he had these analyzed by W.C. Levengood and Amanda Nimke in 2009. and. He, John Edmonds ended up writing, I wiped up the blood or fluid and tissue of the gray I nearly split in two parts with an exceptionally well-sharpened samurai sword after hand-to-hand combat with these little parasites. We have plenty of evidence to prove it gathered over many years. Now, here's the summary of what, the, the supposed summary of the samples. The blood that they found. The sample appears to be pure hemoglobin, like that found at the cattle mutilation sites with what appears to be segmented rods in the blood. Never seen anything like it before, Levin Good explained. Blood as we know it does not contain segmented fibers. So this made the sample highly unusual. He also explained that normal antibodies that are positive or negative determine the type of blood, which is something totally different. It is very peculiar because, quote, the cell parts look like joint jointed grass, but they're not grass. Now, the skin, he said, also looks kind of like segmented grass, except not really. Um, he said the material did not look like human skin. And in quotes, it was weird. 
from living good. That's how he explained it. <laughs> That's his scientific definition. Right. It was weird. It's weird. Right. <laughs> so when asked why he didn't send the tissue out for DNA testing, he said there wasn't enough material and it was very expensive to do so. So some of the other details and everything, the numerous samples have been collected under correct forensic technique by several skilled investigators over the years. And they went to independent labs that are highly regarded. All came back with the same result, that the proteins in the samples could not be identified as anything they had seen before, either plant or animal or human. One lab did add that the samples sent to them did match the samples tested over the last 30 years of fluid specimens that had been gathered from various cattle mutilation sites across the southwest U.S., like we mentioned just a second ago. So they believe that there was 100% compatibility that the two creatures were the same. The ones that were on the Edmonds property and any whatever left the pure hemoglobin at the cattle mutilation sites. Um, one scientist was apparently extremely elated by the discovery. Levengood said the important significance of these fluids, the fluid matches, is that uh, the fact that they match so well was proof that indeed they were both extraterrestrial as the samples match nothing from the animal or plant kingdoms on Earth. So right there, apparently, Levengood said, we are talking something extraterrestrial because it matches nothing terrestrial. Yeah. So not that it's a mutated form of something, but it just, there's zero match to it. You don't really find that, you know. Right. You're examining, you know, a sample. You usually don't, the answer is not the null set, typically. Right. right. It's like, it doesn't match anything. I mean, it would usually match something. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have you know? to have some kind of match. Like, it's kind of human, but with all these different mutations yeah. Yeah. or something. It's not just a, I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the computer comes back and says, hey, you got me, man. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, dude? <laughs> Your guess is good spot. Yep. Flip a coin, we'll figure it out. Um, but Levengood said, you have the smoking gun. This is proof of alien life visiting Earth and links the phenomena together positively. And those were exact words from Levengood. Famous, now, famous last words. Right. Um, I got a little bit here of John, what he elaborates about the tests and everything. Um, and he says, I'll just read it from his words. Uh, it's easier that way. Said, let me be absolutely clear for the record on the samples of alien DNA collected from our ranch in regards to the death of a gray I killed in self-defense. The assaults by these creatures were responded to in the most violent behavior I could respond with because of weekly and sometimes daily confrontation. He said, me and my wife have both contracted diseases, thyroid conditions, diabetes, and all that. And he said he, he believes it's contributed to the presence of these aliens or whatever they've done to him. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it is or not, but he said they're healthy, non-drinking, non-smoking people. Um, 
Well, people like that get diabetes. Yeah, I mean. And they have thyroid issues. Yeah, anybody can have that. I'm not going to run around and go, what, you got diabetes? Or you alien? Did you get abducted? Right. Let's right. check you, Let's check your blood real quick. Right. <laughs> and he says, he says the collection process of all the fluids that were sent off were done immediately after the incident um, so that they couldn't be contaminated. He said he did it to the best forensic techniques that he could muster and then sent them off to Levengood. Um, approximately two months after all of all, after he got all the uh, data back, he had an additional phone call with Levengood, and he said that he had received confirmation of the information he had already discussed uh, from his associates at Michigan State and the University of Michigan. At the time, Levengood wanted to prepare a report for world release to the press. And John told him to please proceed with it, but don't release it to anyone except him so that he could control the release of the information. He says this was to keep, you know, people from flooding his house and and taking over and also to try to help the reputation of Levengood. But he said, as it turned out, I had nothing to worry about because Levengood stopped communicating with me and no longer expressed any interest in the subject. Repeated efforts to obtain the report and any follow-up from him was futile. So apparently after all that, Levengood just stopped communicating with him. He was done. So who knows what happened unless... Something else was found, or unless Levengood was talked to by someone else. Okay, so so now he's he's sent off tissue samples. Somebody else is aware of what John and Joyce have been dealing with, and believes they have evidence that proves that extraterrestrials have visited this planet. Mm-hmm. And. Here come the men in black. <laughs> Literally. Yes. So um, John and Joyce said that they witnessed the uh, the men in black coming, uh, visiting the property, you know, parking their unmarked, unidentifiable vehicle out front of the ranch and just hanging out and watching said um when uh, when approached they avi- they advised John not to go public with any of the information he had and Joyce is a former FBI employee she tried to identify the vehicles and said they had no markings no plates no identifying marks on them at all and said the men refused to answer who exactly they were now that's that story is consistent with men in black stories Right. No. You hear that all the time. But you hear it but again, you hear it all the time. So now we'll 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 get there. Y'all y'all know where I'm headed with this, but we'll get there. So John decided I've got to tell my own story and go public with all of these encounters and experiences. And he made an appearance on Coast to Coast AM and began inviting others to come out to the ranch. So Joyce, John's wife, uh, remained silent and says that she doesn't want to have any publicity about this at all. She doesn't want any involvement. 
and refuses to do interviews. So um, pretty much all we have to go on is John's word. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, if, if you haven't been keeping up with this, you, you, if you go back, you, you, you can see the theme that everything conveniently comes from John. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no other, to this point, there's, there's no other individuals that can lay any kind of credence to what he has seen or experienced. Right. And remember when he fights with these aliens, Joyce is like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. She's in some kind of trance state and, and doesn't recall. Right. You know, what's happened. So there's, there's nobody to, to verify any of this right that there was a samurai battle right you know, intergalactic samurai battle ah, that sounds like an awesome video game and i'd play it <laughs> <laughs> hey let's play another round of intergalactic samurai battle oh can i be john edmonds this week <laughs> that's right he's got the coolest sword he does i'm gonna be the brillo guy right. and, okay so um so a group called project camelot um, they have a YouTube channel. They were, John agreed to do an interview with them. And so they went out and, you know, set up out at the ranch. They, they had been out there for, I don't know, a, a day or two. Um, you can watch this video. It's, it's on YouTube. You can see this interview. Um, but while on the ranch, one of the staff members was taking pictures and claimed to have captured a gray alien, then quickly showed John the photo to prove that they were not photoshopping this. And he believed him, but he states that he was not there when the picture was taken, and certainly he didn't take it himself. In fact, John has no video evidence of these aliens at all hmm. in all these years. Right. Um, and if, if, you watch, if you watch the interviews... You know, it'll come up. It's got to. Right. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. You know, you've lived in this house at, at the time of the the last coast to coast AM interview that I listened to. He he'd been in the house eighteen years. Right, eighteen years. You you you've had all this stuff going on, and you haven't been able to capture anything on video. And his response is, and his response in this interview is, well, I'm I'm. You know, I'm too busy fighting them off. Well, okay. I guess that would explain why you you can't grab your camera at the time. Right. My thinking is, is why haven't you put up some security cameras in your house? Exactly. It's really easy to do. Outside your house, somewhere on your property. Capture some of this. Anything. Yep. You know. You don't have to hold a camera anymore. You know, it's not a big VHS camera that you have to hold. You can... Tiny little mounted cameras. Yeah. And you can go, um, you can go look at Project Camelot. You could see this picture. Nah, you know, look, I, I don't, I, I, I don't try to debunk stuff on this show. We said from the very beginning we weren't going to do that, but mm-hmm. this picture looks like a load of crap to me. Yeah. Well, I you, mean, you call a duck a duck. We're not right. debunking anything. It's just, you know, I, we talked about this with Bigfoot and, and Loch Ness. Um, sometimes pictures, there's a, there's a spectrum. They're either too blurry to see anything 
or you know you're you're kind of using your imagination to to put something there mm-hmm. or they're so good you're like what how did you get this right somewhere in between lies this picture cuz it's it's blurry and terrible but it's too good to be true and honestly when you look at it if if this was legit that that alien could have licked the camera mm-hmm. i mean it's like it's like this blurry alien face squared up on the camera like it's trying to photobomb it or something. Right. And it's just, it's really weird. But they made made a huge deal out of it. Yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, this looks ridiculous. When you look at it, the scale is obviously off. Yeah. Because if it was, you know, three, four feet high with a big head, and that's what they were supposed to be capturing. Right. Then that close to the camera... It's going to take up way more of the field of view, and you're not going to be able to pick out as much detail. This looks small. Mm-hmm. Looks way smaller. Looks like some, yeah, it looks like something small brought into the foreground. Exactly. And, you know, if you're, if you're taking it with, yeah, if you take iPhone photos or even Android camera f- photos, mm-hmm. you realize that there's, there's one thing that even though the really the best cameras that those phones have to offer are lacking one thing, the ability to take something up close. Mm-hmm. The focal point is too far for you right. to take a really close up shot of something. And that's what this appears because it's blurry, but there's things in the background that are in focus mm-hmm. is that whatever this is, it's a, if it's a, a model or a toy or something else, which I'm not telling you that that's what it is. I'm actually, I'm coming off of an article I read with this is what they thought happened. Right. We don't know what happened, but this is what the person that wrote this article thought that happened, that somebody had a toy in their pocket and yanked it out, snapped the picture, and then shoved the toy back in their pocket and then quickly showed John, mm-hmm. hey, look, you know, we, we didn't have time to Photoshop this. I just took this. Right. And- you know, when you bring something that's inside that that focal length, it it blurs yeah. because it can't focus on it. Yeah. And that's what it looks like. Yeah, but you know what? Go fi- Project Camelot. You can find the picture. You can watch the interview. They show the picture on the interview briefly, but long enough for you to look at it. Um, judge for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's not evidence to me. No. I mean, I, I, you know... I'm, I'm going along the same lines as that article that, you know, that's where mine lies on that photo evidence. It's not anything worth it. Yeah. But, you know, it's worth taking a look at, you know, at least it's like, oh my God, what? This is not evidence. Right. (laughs) So there was also another incident right around this time within these days of this, this particular interview. Um, John describes this crew that came out to investigate that had all this high tech equipment. And he even says he didn't understand what all of it was, but it, it looked really, you know, expensive. It looked really sophisticated and they were out there using it. And he says one of the pieces of equipment he describes as a laser. And it almost sounds like he's talking about like a laser grid. Um, like ghost hunting laser yeah grid. something something along those lines except much more sophisticated yeah um or so they say yeah you know and it 
if if you don't know what Adam's talking about, you can buy these little laser pointers that will they they split it and it actually creates a grid pattern and supposedly if if there's you know a spirit or an entity that breaks that plane, you can see it right because you've got this laser grid work you know that's visible to your eye right um so I'm thinking it's something along those lines, but when they had this, they claimed to see what looked like a humanoid about three feet tall, what John describes as like maybe a little person. He says, when the laser hit it, it turned around and disappeared, but they said it looked like it dropped something. So they went to the spot where they thought it was when it disappeared, and they found what they think it dropped. Now, what it turned out to be was this small, smooth stone I guess small is a relative term. It's, mm-hmm. you know, what about palm size, palm size. Yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. And in it is is etched what is kind of a star, like an eight pointed star, kind of like a sunburst. It's mm-hmm. not really star shaped and it's it's got rounded edges, um, but it's etched in there pretty deep, and I think I heard one person say that it even appeared that it went all the way through mm-hmm. the stone. Um, looked very, very difficult for somebody to make this. Not impossible. Right. You know what it sounds like to me? You remember from the Roswell incident, years later they found what they're calling the Roswell stone, mm-hmm. and it's an etched stone. Now, people have said that that they've debunked that, and that was a man-made object, but that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the Roswell Stone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that it could be. It could be something man-made. It could be more of this, we're going to feed into this crazy old kook stories mm-hmm. and come out here and, you know, prank him so to speak and show him a bunch of stuff that he's going to believe is evidence that these aliens are here right um you know or not or i mean they could be just totally hey we found this really weird thing out here we thought we saw somebody out here on the property and thought it might be you know one of these extraterrestrials you've been seeing and this is what we found where they kind of disappeared mm-hmm. you know okay you know and now it's now it's like the artifact that right. is you right. know, come out of the um, Stardust Ranch. So, um, so if you're asking yourself, why in the world does he stay there? <laughs> I ask myself that too. Yeah, right. Um, in 2016, John decided that, you know, enough was enough. So they decided they were going to put the ranch up for sale. So, they put it on the market for two and a half million dollars, which is significantly more than what they paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there really wasn't any interest in it at all. But researcher and billionaire Robert Bigelow, yep, the same Robert Bigelow that owns Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Deuce's um, cousin. You got it. <laughs> I had to bring that joke back. Deuce's I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Deuce's cousin. Uh, He decided to come and investigate the claims and perhaps purchase the property. 
Um, but due to privacy, the investigation in the subsequent purchase deal was not made public, but it appears that Robert Bigelow was not interested in purchasing um, Stardust Ranch. Now, at that point, the ranch was taken off the market, and it makes some people kind of speculate that John had fabricated all these stories in order to get Bigelow's interest and cash out as a millionaire. Mm -hmm. That's not a a bad theory there. I mean, if if you're going to start, if you're going to start pointing the the finger, you know, to go, eh, you know, you're full of crap. You know, if you think about it, you know, Robert Bigelow bought Skinwalker Ranch Mm -hmm. strictly because of all the strange things that had happened there. Right. So, Here's another ranch, you know, just south of that in Arizona, you know, with a lot of these wild and crazy outlandish stories, maybe, just maybe, he would take interest in it. Right. Now, a pretty long con, though. I, I, yeah. And, you know, an 18-year con? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You, you're really going to play one up that long? If that was the case, I would I would think that maybe it his... His thought process wasn't there initially. Right, right. Um, and that this just kind of came to him. Yeah, developed later on. Yeah, as yeah. he knew, you know, as he did research on other places, you know, I'm sure that over the years people had compared this place and these stories to Skinwalker Ranch. Sure. I mean, they're they're really similar sure. story-wise. Um. You know, and and maybe maybe it did cross his mind. I don't know. I'm not John. I haven't talked to John. I don't know what he was thinking, and he's not telling. So, you know, you can make your own decision on that. But he did put the ranch back on the market in October of 2017. Um, that's when he put the five million dollar price tag. Um, and he claims now that that Bigelow is once again interested because he has sent him some new evidence uh, about the things that have happened at the ranch. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what that evidence is. We don't know if this is even a real story. This is again, just, just hearsay. Um, But, but these are the, some of the strange goings on at, uh, at Stardust Ranch. And like we said, wow. I mean, just wow. Yeah. And, if you can tell, Matt and I really don't. We're flopping back and forth because I'm gonna tell you how much I'm flopping here in just a little. Right? Bit. Yeah, we'll we'll get into a lot of that uh, at the end of <laughs> that this. Sounded bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sailing right past it. Um, yeah, we'll get into all that here after we, uh, you know, talk about the happenings a little bit more. But you know, a lot of it sounds like that this guy is making all of this up, right? That he moves into this place and he's just one weird thing after another. It's too outlandish to believe. Well, we were able to dig up a interview with a former resident of Stardust Ranch that may shed a little bit more light on this. Now, the the woman's name is Gina Irons. And to Gina, she said, Stardust Ranch will always and forever be known as the old homestead because her family moved in back in the early 1970s. 
Now, she said at that point, there was just the house. Over the years, we built the shop, barns, fences, etc., put in a big swimming pool, and added on to the main building. Now, Irons said the couple who lived there before them was not sad about letting the property go. She said the couple lived there, uh, they were tight-lipped and happy to get rid of the house. They didn't say why, and they left town shortly after. Even left their guard dog on the property, which she said we happily adopted. But almost immediately after moving in, Irons said they discovered, quote, something was already living there. Now, she wrote some messages to the person that's doing this interview, and, you know, it painted this eerie picture of the home. She said, while there aren't any photos of the interior of the house in the listing, picture an enormous living room with a huge fireplace on the south wall. On the long west wall of this giant room is one smallish entrance to a long, dark, windowless interior hallway leading to the master bedroom and bath, a bathroom, and two other bedrooms where my siblings and I originally slept. Iron said that the dark hallway was, quote, the place where we almost always saw whatever it was that we were seeing. She said, my mother, my siblings, and I all saw it in slightly different forms and colors, usually some variation of green, in different places, and there was always a big drop in temperature whenever it was around. My brother's room, just to the right of the hallway entrance, was always ice cold, even in summer. We didn't have an air conditioner back then, so that old block house got warm. As kids, we decided that must have been where it lived. She said, while I wouldn't say it was normal, we were, we at least weren't terrified really anymore of it because it seemed benign. Well, Irons and her family kept quiet about the haunting that was supposedly happening in their house. She said, because those were different times. Uh, and we were private people. Probably the last family you would ever think might be living in a haunted house. But unfortunate for anyone who came to spend time at the home, because Irons recalled a particular story that stood out to her, one, she says, turned a non-believer into someone who started looking over his shoulder. She said, one evening we were watching TV in the big main room. The TV was on that long wall with the hallway entrance. The non-believer was sitting in a recliner facing the TV and, in turn, the hallway. Suddenly, there was an explosion of movement as he hurled himself out of the chair, jumped over the couch, and ran down the hallway yelling as the rest of us sat there wondering what the heck was going on. He then ran back through the living room to the back door where we kept the shotguns ready. Remember, this was a remote ranch property with livestock, and we had a large predator that did lurk about trying to get the livestock. He grabbed one and went charging back down the hallway. He had apparently seen it, Irons said. He returned shaking and with the hairs on his arms standing straight up, claiming to have seen a person dressed in green fatigue standing in the hallway. He thought it was an intruder and gave chase. 
and there wasn't anyone there. He was stunned into silence. So Irons ended up leaving for college in the 80s, and she never lived in the house again. So that Gina Irons had basically a haunting experience. Right. And they're not an alien experience. Right. So that kind of throws a whole new twist into this place. Sure. I, I personally, I think it, it would make some of this a little more believable. Right. You know, um, you know, even the ghost adventures crew went out there and did an episode at the mm. ranch. Yeah. And, uh, they, they immediately started talking about demon. Well, sure. <laughs> well, this is maybe, maybe a, Hybrid alien demon infestation mm-hmm. yep. here. And it's a, it's a alien portal to hell. Maybe. Speaking of portals, you know, I did mention that the the property had two. Right. There's one in the back um, of the property. There's another one that uh, is like right in the living room. Yeah. 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 And in in some in some of these not interviews, but in some of these other reports done by third parties, you know, people that have just done like kind of what Adam and I do where we research and we watch interviews and whatnot. Um, One guy even said that John had claimed that a group of Roman soldiers came through this portal Mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of looked around and he tried to talk to them um, and then they disappeared. Why they didn't just turn and go back to the portal, I don't know. And then he said uh, on another occasion, some, you know, children in like medieval dress mm-hmm. came through. Um, there have been um, people out there that are sensitives by their own uh, by by their own definition that said they can feel that there is a quote unquote vortex in that room. Mm-hmm. So. Something that something can pass through. Right. You know, it's a door going somewhere. And another we've, space, another dimension, another time. You right. know, who knows? We've discussed that and we, in depth before. We've discussed it before. Um, but, you know, again, it's just it's one of these one of these really outrageous claims that nobody else can verify. Right. But there, there are some things that have been identified that could lend a little bit of uh, validity to what John is talking about. And, and these are some of the attacks that have happened while John and Joyce have been in the house. So most recently, John said he had been branded by the aliens. There was no warning, nothing to see, hear, or communicate with. Just an excruciating pain and a sense of crushing pressure, followed by an indentation on John's leg. Um, Both John and Joyce, like we said before, have experienced skin punctures, triangular depressions in the skin, uh, and have seen bruising and skin disfigurement uh, similar uh, to what one would experience if exposed to radiation. You know, this is followed by nausea, gastrointestinal distress, chronic fatigue, and muscle weakness. Also, signs of 
diabetes and right <laughs> and you know we other total legitimate ailments right and we've seen that though the the supposed signs of radiation poisoning from other uh, abductees yeah so it's not out of the realm of possibility but this is one of those things where to me given all the other evidence that he's portrayed he would know a little thing or two about what has been said before right you sure. know by other abductees so right. Joyce has been reported to have been levitating on several occasions, and John has handcuffed her to the bed overnight hmm. in order to not allow for her abduction. Listen, this is a family show. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Previously, when she was levitated into a beam of light to board a UFO, John opened fire with an AK-47, and she was promptly brought down. So Hoorah. That's right. So... If you're getting harassed by aliens, go get yourself an assault rifle. Well, you know, that not a that, bad idea, really. No, I was going to say that's what would happen at my house. Yeah. You come in here trying to abduct me with a beam of light. I I, I got nothing. I can't go any further. <laughs> Look, I'd, I'd be I'd out. be Travis yeah. Walton. I'd be like, ah, take me now. I I yeah. give up. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> You know, at at that point, don't don't fight it because yeah, you're not right. going to be able to do anything. You so, don't have a samurai sword. <laughs> so if you're thinking, hey, I might like to go out and visit this place, there's something you need to know. Uh, although John does not mind having visitors out to the ranch, random drop-ins are not welcome. And this is a quote from Edmonds about this. From this day forth, anybody who wishes to drop in unexpectedly will be charged $500 per visit. Good luck collecting that. Mm -hmm. Last night I had an individual sitting outside my front gates from 10 PM until at least 11. Come on people. Not cool. Also good way to get arrested or worse. We live here. This isn't alien Disneyland or friggin' Walmart. We are not open 24 hours a day. Be thoughtful. Even the aliens get pissed off when you act thoughtlessly. Well, yeah. Yeah, why not? You know, so if you're going to insist on instant gratification, you're going to be charged for it. Exception made for Publishers Clearinghouse. If you want to award us like a gazillion dollars, you can drop in anytime. And that's a quote from John yeah. about just showing up at the ranch. And that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even with all this stuff, you know, there's still some levity, you know, to it. I mean, this man is still seems sane. I mean, you look at it, he's he's a trained counselor. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a therapist, psychoanalyst, whatever you want to call it. You know, he he's got he's got some cred to him because right. I mean, he's an educated man. Right. And apparently his wife is too. I mean, she was um an FBI employee, mm-hmm. they don't have a tendency to hire anybody that's just stupid right. or off their rocker. Not Don't hire the kooks. Right. So, you know, these people seem like they're average, normal people trying to live out their dream and run their, uh, you know, horse and, you know, and, and canine rescue right. outfit out there in, in the desert. Right. And, and one thing, too, if you... And I did this. I, I Google mapped this place, you know. Um, 
from what I understand, when when John and Joyce first moved in here, they were the only thing out there. Yes. You know, they're stuck out in the middle of the desert. Yep. I mean, there ain't nothing around. Now, there's all kinds of houses around them. So, I mean, just from the satellite image, you can probably count 15 other houses mm-hmm. that are right there. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's not like they're just stuck out in the middle of nowhere. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if that has somehow impeded some of the activity that John has had to deal with as of late. Um, many of these stories, they they begin when he moves in and they progress over the years up until he begins going public. And then they seem to just kind of fizzle mm-hmm. or else maybe they're just a lot of the same stories and he just he just doesn't tell them or the, or the older stories are better. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But it doesn't seem like, you know, we're, we're not getting breaking. The breaking news about Stardust Ranch is that it's for sale. Right. You know, and, and if you got five million bucks, it's yours. And 99% of what you're going to find when you Google search Stardust Ranch is all these sales. Yeah. You know, you'll see right. all you're the going. owner selling ranch. And, you know, when I said at the beginning, as of the, as we're recording this, you know, the property is is on the market for just over $1.4 million. That's from a realtor.com uh, post right? for this, this property. And, you know, so it's legit. I mean, it, it is for sale. It's a lot cheaper than it was, mm-hmm. but I still can't afford it. They estimate the actual value of the property to be somewhere in the 350 to $400,000 range. Yeah. Yeah. So about about a, about a million dollars less than what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. Well, you're paying for all the extra tenants that are there. Apparently. That's right. You know, all these subletters you got exactly. hanging around. Damn gray squatters. But but I don't know. I You may be like me. I, I read a story like this or stories. I mean, there's just one right after the other. Um, and I'm, I, I just think that everything is so convenient in this, mm-hmm. you know, that you know, John, John claims to have alien bodies that he, he won't turn over because he said initially when you stab one, the body disappears. Mm-hmm. If you cut its head off, the body stays. You get to keep the body as a prize. Keep the body as quote. a prize is what he says. Yes. Uh, so where are your prizes? He, you know, he doesn't like to talk about that. You know, I think his response that on coast to coast was, you better hope you got a big enough freezer. And I got several. I, I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, because he well, was come asked. Come on, man. Uh, the one I heard, I think, uh, was it Jimmy Church that was doing the. It was Jimmy Church okay. that did it, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Church was like, wait, so you're saying you got a couple bodies in the freezer or a couple big freezers? And he goes, I, I don't want to say. Well, dude, say. You said all the rest of this stuff. Come out and say whether you got I, bodies right. or not. I, I don't understand if if you want if you want people to believe you, then, and he obviously does. Yeah. Then give them something to go on. Right. You know, if you've got this evidence and you've been sitting on it, then quit showing us fancy rocks and you know some tissue samples. I mean, and some blurry light photos. And yeah, I mean. Crack open that freezer and show me that you don't have, you know, a side of beef laying in there, right. that that's alien in there. Right. 
I want to see it. I want to see something. If you're going to tell me that you have it, I want to see it. Right. You know, that that's it. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to believe that you have it until you you put it out there. Mm-hmm. If you got it and you don't want everybody to know you have it, then don't say anything. And look, playing devil's advocate, I get it. If if I started running around and I said, "Hey, I've got an alien body, you know, in my freezer at home." If I would made enough noise about it, at some point, I think someone would come knocking on my door going, yeah, okay, man, yeah, let's see what you got. Let's see the body. I, I, I want it. If, yeah. if it's legit, you know, your, your country wants it. Yeah. And even if, even if they're not looking at it that way, they would come to see, oh, you got a body in your freezer? See if you murdered right. somebody. Right. <laughs> You know, you this got, is the desert, man. People go missing all exactly. the time. You got some dude out in the desert saying he's got a body in his freezer. What are you going to do? You're going to go you check know, him out. Hey, what if he's got some dude in there dressed up like an alien? Exactly. He just it was a guy messing with him and he killed him and he's wearing an alien mask and he put him in his freezer. I got to think he's smarter than that. That's true. But, you know, that bothers me. That bothers me. Don't don't make claims like that. You want to tell me these stories about fighting with these guys? Fine. You want to tell me about the lights and the little people and and blacking out and waking up with bruises and puncture wounds and, and your wife goes through this sleep paralysis deal and she can't remember anything, but she's got the physical evidence where they've done stuff to her. Okay, I, I can listen to all of that. And not completely tell you, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, you know, and something about me wants to believe that there's something going on here. But when he makes claims like I have alien bodies, or or at least alludes to the fact that he he might have them, I'm like, dude, you can't drop a turd like that and just walk away, right? I mean, nobody's going to let you just stroll off and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, and here my thoughts on it. You know, I want to immediately come out and do the that old saying is boys all hat and no cattle, you know, (laughs) but. You know, there seems to be some validity to some of this and. So my thoughts on it, like Matt and I were talking before we started recording, I really believe that there is something happening at Stardust Ranch. You know, you talk to Gina Irons, who used to live there, and she says it was a haunting. Um, You know, and this was going on from day one with the Edmonds. And, you know, they probably didn't move into that place saying, we're going to turn this into the next uh, Skinwalker Ranch. They didn't start out with that. So I think there's something going on. But I really believe he's embellishing a lot of it. And this is just my opinion. Don't hate on me if you believe him, you know. But I, I think he's taken a legitimate experience that he could be having and has turned it into something that's going to garner more attention. Exactly. You and, know. and, you know, I agree with you on that, that, you know, experiences that happened in the beginning just became more embellished and 
more flamboyant until the point where you decide, all right, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell this story to enough people that it's going to get out there. And if I'm going to tell it, I got to own it. Right. And, you know, maybe now that's what happens is he owns it. Yeah. Or maybe he's 100% telling the truth and it, this all completely happens. I mean, Lord knows we have read enough reports from credible people about alien sightings and alien abductions and different things that have happened that really make you wonder. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this is real. We're, we're not alone in this universe. Right. And, you know, Adam and I both share the opinion of, it's pretty naive to believe that we are alone, you know, to think we're it yeah. in this massive universe. And we're, and that we're top dog. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not just naive. It's, it's egotistical. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't say that to, to, to talk about Edmund's, you know, the stories. I mean, you know, the stories are what they are, you know, they're his stories he believes them, that's fine. I can get behind that. If you believe this is what happened to you, then I'm with you, baby. Yep. I'm like, you know, we can, let's ride this thing into the ground. You know, if you say it happened, okay. It, it you know, it happened. I, I'm, right. I'm not going to think that you're making it up. If exactly. You, if you're gonna, and, you know, that's what we tell all of our listeners. You share a story with us, we're with you. If you yep. say this happened to you, we believe it happened to you. Yep. You know, I'm not one to judge. But this know. is this is what pisses me off about this situation so bad is that the stories are so crazy. I want to just shut it down. Mm-hmm. I want to just go. This is garbage. I mean, I, honestly, when 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 we thought about doing this episode, I I wanted to to be like a few days into this and call Adam and say. Man, we can't do this. <laughs> this, this is, right. This is a big hoax. But I can't. No. Because there's not enough evidence out there for or against for anyone to say that John Edmonds is a lunatic. He's an attention seeker. You know, that none of this is real. There's just not, there's just not enough either direction. Right. So Stardust Ranch is what it is. It's 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 an anomaly. It's it's out there. I'm sure some weird stuff's happened. You know, hey, who knows? Maybe uh maybe the government buried some drums with some radioactive stuff out in the desert and people are getting sick from it, you know, having hallucinations, believing all this stuff's happening, you know. Yep. It's not unheard you, of. You never know, man. You don't. You never know. But what do you guys think? We've rambled on for quite a while on our, our thoughts and, you know, not come to any conclusions. <laughs> yeah, y'all had to listen to me go off. So. Anything. Uh, yeah, we, Matt Tangent episode, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, do y'all believe the Edmonds reports or do you, you know, call it complete bunk or do you kind of fall where – Matt and I seem to be writing and that's the fence and, you know, think that it could go either way, but you really don't want to pitch your hat into either ring. Yeah. So let us know, because this is one of those intriguing places that 
Matt and I find ourselves in when we do stuff like this is we really want to wrap our heads around stuff and come up with, you know, an explanation of some sort or something. And we just can't. Yeah. And you know, we hate the fence Like we're good either way. Yeah. We're good either way. We're not, we're not trying to debunk it. We just, we just want, we would like to know more either direction. Right. You know, the fence is not a comfortable place to sit. That's right. Well, all right, man, I think, uh, I think that wraps up a, uh, Stardust Ranch for this go around. Yep, the old SDR. That's right. The old SDR. So, hey, be sure and go and check out our website. As Adam mentioned at the top of the show, graveyardpodcast.com. There you can find more information about Adam and myself. You can find links to purchase our merchandise. You can listen to the show. You can become a patron and donate some of your hard earned money to uh, this little thing that Adam and I put together. We appreciate it so much because it it allows us to make the show bigger and better. Please do not forget that uh, our live event is tomorrow, Mm -hmm. October 20th, tomorrow, Hail Dark Aesthetics in Nashville. Come out and see us. Hillbilly Horror Stories, EVP Mediums, and Macabre Melts. Uh, Go and follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, search Graveyard Tales, Um, rate and review us on iTunes. And tonight's outro music, as Adam mentioned at the top of the show, is a cover of the Immigrant Song by Voodoo Prophet. So if you like it, go check it out. And you're gonna. And you're gonna. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. See you soon.